Welcome to Voices of the Community, an Indie Star podcast where we feature people who impact the city of Indianapolis and or our state of Indiana. My guest for this week's episode of Voices of the Community is Ebony Chappelle. Chappelle is Program and Communications Director for Leadership Indianapolis, a civic leadership organization. She was previously Multicultural Community Relations Coordinator at Indiana Donor Network, educating people of color and members of the LGBTQ community about organ donation. She is also a former editor of the Indianapolis Recorder, an Indian minority, biz- minority business magazine, so we have something in common there. She's former host of Eye on the Community and then Open Lines on what was formerly Who's Your Hot 96.3. Chappelle was named to the Indianapolis Business Journal 40 Under 40. She is also executive director of Friends of Belmont Beach, host of the podcast. She has her own podcast, What's Good with Ebony Chappelle, co-founder of Black Women's Writing Society, co-creator of the Testimony Service, and co-curator of Fathers Retelling the Narrative Photo and Essay Series. She is also, we're not done, she is also president of the Indianapolis Press Club Foundation and a member of the marketing committee for the 2024 NBA All-Star Game. Welcome, Ebony. <laughs> thank you for joining uh, me. Oh, Shia, thank you so much for having me. Um, sitting here listening to all that stuff, I'm like, damn, that's a lot of stuff. Yes, it is. It's and it's not even everything. Yeah, it's a lot going on, um, but I'm happy to be here with you today. And I love that we have the recorder in common. And now we're here at your new fabulous job. <laughs> thank you. At the Indie Star doing those things. So, thank yeah, you. it's good to be in your presence. Well, thank you. I'm just so so amazed at all the things you do uh, you're just one person yeah <laughs> you're doing all the things mm-hmm. all the things so one thing i noticed is you are very civic minded yeah it is apparent you love indianapolis and you rep hallville to the fullest i listed some of your activities and involvement in the intro but as i said it didn't do you justice you do much more what does civic engagement mean to you and why is it important to you were you raised to yeah. do all these things <laughs> so I was in a way that I didn't recognize at first when I was growing up. So you mentioned Hallville. So I was born and raised in Hallville and three generations deep in that neighborhood. Okay. So my grandmother, um, she was very civically involved. So when she was um, when my mom and them were coming up, they lived in Concord Village, which at that time was a housing project mm-hmm. in Hallville. And my grandmother got involved in different community stuff as the years went on right there in that neighborhood. So I watched her when I was a little girl. She worked aside, alongside people like Ojin Williams, who y'all know was once, you mm-hmm. know, deputy mayor. People still call him the mayor of Hallville. So she worked alongside people like Ojin Williams. Um, we went to Krista Moore Day Camp uh, for summer camp when he was mm-hmm. the director uh, she worked alongside Reverend Mel Jackson, who's a clergy member and was heavy on the West Side. Um, and I just saw her do these things. And she used to go out of town a lot and do different stuff. And I remember that at one point, the we called them the projects. But when the Concord projects got torn down, they built up 
um, houses, mm-hmm. single family homes mm-hmm. that still exist over there. So my grandmother was instrumental in making that happen. So, oh, wow. yes, yeah, she was working alongside HUD a lot. And I was very, very young at this time. I'm in elementary school. And when I was in middle school, she was like retired at that point. In addition to her civic engagement in that way, which I didn't know that language back Mm -hmm. then. But Mm -hmm. in addition to that kind of work, she also was heavily involved in the church. So my grandmother was head of the nurses board. She was head of the mother's board. (laughs) She was, listen, (laughs) (laughs) shout out to all my church people. So she was that person and she was what as I as I go back and look at things now, mm-hmm. she would have been a part of like the pastor's like core leadership team. Yes. Bringing him his water. Yes. His yeah. Ice water. That type of thing. But then also like telling him what to do. Like yes. my grandmother was one of those people. Like she would have been if she had gotten into politics in that kind of way. Like I could see her either if she didn't run for office. Like running somebody's stuff behind mm-hmm. the scenes. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. that's the type of person she was. So I saw all of that growing up. And then I just come from a family full of helpers. Like my mom, my aunts, all of us were, we grew up in church. So like we did all the activities. There was no not doing an activity. You were mm. involved in something. Okay. So all of that turned into years later now me being civically engaged I just never stopped being involved in stuff even in school you know different clubs and projects and somebody in neighborhood doing something I'm a you know one of those do-gooder type of people Mm -hmm. too like at one point in time I wanted to go to the Peace Corps and my mom said hell no you're not going to the Peace Corps so that got shut down but I've just always kind of been I have a friend who went her adult life really yes you know I well, I'm, I'm going to put that uh, on the bulletin board in she my brain. She in her 30s. Yeah. I might have to look into that because it's something I've always been interested in. But before I get off in the squirrel moment, yes. long story short, I was raised to be okay. that kind of person. Yeah, so, you were just yeah. always busy. Mm-hmm. Always, always involved. So then in yeah. your adult life, it's not even a thought. It's just kind of, I have mm-hmm. to be busy because that's all you know. Yeah. Yeah. And it honestly, I have so many different uh, facets of me and things that I'm yes. interested in. And at one point in time, I thought, um, because especially when I came out of college, like I kind of went through a lot of different loops and circles trying to figure out like, okay, so what do I do with myself now? And um, I just want to use up what I got. Yes. You know, all like, your gifts. yes, all of them. Cause people always talk about that. Like you don't want to go to the grave, like holding on to stuff and not to be morbid, but I mean, it's a real thing. So I want to try to explore as many of those avenues as I can before, you know, time up. Well, and I think you're in a space and an age that you can do that. Now it mm-hmm. used to be, you get a job and you stay at the job for 30 years Yes, and you don't explore mm-hmm. all the dimensions of who you are. Yeah, Now it's, it's okay to explore like all the sides, mm-hmm. you know, we're three dimensional. Yep. And so you get to say, okay, I have an interest in here. And that's one of the things I love about the time we're in is mm-hmm. you don't have to be one person, one thing. You don't have to just say, um, when my son was, um, the school he went to, he played sports, but they were also like, we don't tell you you can only play sports and you can't be in the band. We understand if you want to be in the band, you want to play sports. You just don't play in the band 
that day that you have a, yeah, a sports game. game. Yeah. yeah. And I was like, this is brilliant. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Why don't more schools do that? Why is it a one or the other? Because usually you have more than one interest. Yeah. You know, I think a lot of that comes from the fact that if if someone comes from an environment that taught them that they had to be in one box or the other mm-hmm. box and then kind of stay there, it warps their thinking mm-hmm. to feeling like that's the way that they have to be. So when they see someone else being free and doing all the things, it can feel weird. Like, well, why don't you just pick a spot? And they're trying to force you into yeah. that same thing that yeah. they were forced into. Exactly. It's like, we don't have to do that. Like, that's <laughs> not that's not necessary. Now, you have a job with the Civic Leadership Organization. Mm-hmm. Was that intentional? And in what ways does that help you engage with the city and connect other aspects of your civic engagement? Yeah. So it was not intentional, but I don't really believe in coincidence. Mm -hmm. Like I believe everything happens for a reason Mm -hmm. and when it's supposed to. So funny story with that job. So uh, our CEO, Rebecca Hutton, I had met almost eight years prior while I was working at the recorder. Okay. (laughs) Because the recorder and leadership in Indianapolis had forged a partnership. So I met her then, and then I participated in some of the programming. Fast forward some years, me and Rebecca, um, like she just reached out to me. It would have been in early 2020, so pre-pandemic, like the literal top of 2020. So she reaches out, and at that point, I'm at the Indiana Donor Network. Things are going great. And she reaches out and says, I want to build this thing And I think that you would be good to come on our team and help us build it. And I was flattered and also just shocked because I had not expected that to happen. And I did not intend to leave where I was. So Mm -hmm. I sat and I thought about it. I talked to my team at the Donor Network and they hated to see me go. But I said, you know, I still want to participate, volunteer, assist, whatever, you know, because I had built so many good relationships. Mm -hmm. I still talk to those people to this day. And we have worked on different projects together so that, you know, relationship stays. So coming over to uh, Leadership Indianapolis, what we didn't know at the time was that a pandemic was getting ready to shut the entire world down. I accepted the role in the beginning of March and gave my team, I think I had maybe a month, it was the entire month of March, would have been my transition. Mm-hmm. In the middle of that, we know what happened. Yes. <laughs> it's like so, March 16th, 17th, yep. something like that. <laughs> Literally right after I have decided I'm going to leave this job, this stable job. And I'm like, oh, <laughs> what? What did I do? But it ended up all working out really well. We did start building that thing together that we desired to. And we had to build so many other things. So that year looked like us shifting all of our programming to being virtual. We couldn't mm-hmm. do like the Opportunity Indianapolis mm-hmm. and different programs like that. SKL ran through. I think they finished out virtually And then there was not a class for a year and then it picked back up again. So we couldn't do the things that we normally do in person. So we shifted to online virtual programming that was still very interactive. The very first thing we did was a mental health series for civic leaders. Mm -hmm. And 
although I had not planned for that to be my role, I never, you know, imagined that that's where I would be doing that. It all worked out. We had all these connections with each other already. Then we get together to do something really, really good to support community leaders and even expand what that Mm -hmm. looks like. Because one of the things that we're really frank about is the fact that when Leadership Indianapolis first started, it was an alumni organization of SKL. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. SKL, for people that don't know, Stanley K. Lacey. So that series, a lot of times, it's it has an age range around it. Um, It has a cost barrier to it. And it's an amazing program, but at the same time, it is not accessible to everybody. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So we needed to have things that were more accessible, that we could live out our mission and our vision of helping people to see leadership as multicultural, multi-generational, and collaborative. So that's stuff that I was already kind of into, mm-hmm, kind of already mm-hmm. thinking. So it just fit, you know, when I came on and took this role. So it's been a really great journey since then. That's awesome. And leadership has so many, such a broad term. Yes. So, yeah. Um, and you've co- created or co-created several avenues for self-expression. Mm-hmm. Do you think of yourself as artsy too? <laughs> I actually do. And it's one of the, it's one of the challenging things that I've had to um, manage as I've, you know, gotten more comfortable with that side of myself because I think, People always have seen me a certain way, um, and I have not been in as many environments as I would like that I get to express that. But, like, prior to, like, working at the paper, I was acting. I was doing poetry. I was doing See, all kinds of stuff. I've always seen you as artsy. Well, like, I appreciate you saying that. I appreciate <laughs> I just, you saying that. You have that. a little artsiness, too. Yeah. Def- I definitely have always seen it. Yeah. Um, I definitely—I I think for people—this um, is kind of off my— topic of questions Mm -hmm. but for people um who are artistically inclined you find some way of expressing it be Mm -hmm. it your clothes be it your hair makeup there's some way yeah and you definitely have embodied that to me that's how i knew that you had some kind of artistic flair Mm -hmm. as you can see i do not so (laughs) (laughs) listen your art is food the way you talk about food It is, there is an art to that, which is another thing I totally love is food, but um, only so many hours in a day. But yet that is your, I see that as an avenue for you too. And then also self-expression because your um, aesthetic has switched up from the time that I first met you. So I was like, I think that I've gotten to meet like a few different Oshias along the way. We got to talk about that. Yeah. Okay. Okay. (laughs) Yeah. You mean by look, by the look. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, because you're short blonde now. When I first met you, it was uh, black and curly, and it was longer. It might have even been red. And I think there was a red moment. That might have been the red has been my longest moment. Yeah, that's been my longest. Black and curly was just me, and we're getting our way off. But black and curly Mm -hmm. was just me uh, figuring out what to do next, and just not, Mm -hmm. and just not doing anything, just letting it. Yeah. So anyway, Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm -hmm. but I've never just kept my hair black. Yeah. Gotta switch it up. Yes. <laughs> um, but you also open up for like creativity for other people. You have testimony mm-hmm. service, black women's writing society, and your podcast was good with Ebony Chappelle, to name a few. You're creating space for other people to be creative, mm-hmm. which is very selfless. What drives you to support others in this way? 
And do you think this is still part of your civic engagement um, that's just central to your life? Yeah, yeah. So one that I will add there is a newer one, but a Free People Party. Oh, yes. Yeah, so that's a, a new baby of ours um, that just started we'll in October. Yeah, so do you know using it as an avenue to help others express themselves yes 100% i'm really big on collaboration and i like to do fun things with people that i like so my friends people in the community that i admire you know sometimes it takes a few years like i might meet someone and an idea will pop in my head and I'm like, man, I really want to do that. And sometimes we can immediately act mm-hmm. on it. Sometimes we have to wait for the right time, mm-hmm. the resources to become available. But I have so many different things going on in my mind, especially creatively, that I would love to see. So I love, you know, being able to connect with people that are co-conspirators and we, <laughs> we bring it to life together. And the cool thing, and this ties into the civic engagement, uh, when you think about being civically minded you think about what it takes for a community to run there's so many different aspects to Mm -hmm. it you have your government Mm -hmm. you have the uh financial sectors you have the marketplace where people are exchanging goods and services and different you have all these different aspects going on the art is a part of that too that is the heartbeat Mm -hmm. of anything when people think about their favorite cities or their favorite places the things that they like the most are all artistic. Mm, you're right. I love the music. I love the food. I like the way this looks. Somebody had to design that. Somebody had to create that. Like all of that stuff is art. Even when it comes to writing policy, like I'm not even going to go down that road because I don't <laughs> speak um, politically as much anymore on certain topics. Um, but even when it comes to how you creatively put something like that together, mm-hmm. um, using different aspects of your mind, like we have this issue, how do we solve it mm-hmm. using what we have available mm-hmm. to mm-hmm. us? That's a form of creativity as well. So for me, I have always, you know, been an artistically inclined person. And I felt like, you know, like we mentioned earlier, sometimes you feel like you have to put that stuff on the shelf if you're in certain environments or you have certain, you know, responsibilities. So now I'm at a place where the world has really cracked open in the past few years and life looks differently. Mm -hmm. And I'm just like, okay, let's just take advantage of it and do all these things that we want to do and see where it goes. And it's been really fun. Um, Indianapolis is also the type of city where, and I, I say this all the time, and we bring this up in leadership Indianapolis programming all the time. If you want to reach out and meet somebody, it's really not that hard. Like most people are inclined to take the meeting, mm-hmm. have coffee, respond to the email. You know, there are still some gatekeepers like that is a thing, but I don't feel like they can shut down too much because you can always just meet somebody else. This is true. This is true. (laughs) So talk a little bit about the Free People Party. What is that? Yeah. So Free People Party was inspired by my love of dancing and going out. So I had stopped going out to nightclubs like a long time ago because... It just wasn't fun anymore. The environment became very hostile, um, violent in some Mm -hmm. places. The music was not danceable anymore. People spent so much time on their phones and just like locked in there and not being standoffish. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And it was weird because 
when I first started going out and when I was in college, that's what we did the entire time. When we we danced from the time we walked in until they turned on the lights and put us out. I've been put out of so many places. You shaking your head. So I know you feel me on this one. But they're like, okay, y'all have to go. Y'all are still here and we want to shut down the club. So that's really where I was at. And then when I came back home, the environment was not the same. There were Mm -hmm. a few places Mm -hmm. that still kind of had that vibe going on. But I was having trouble with the consistency. I'll shout out uh, Laurie Party. I feel like Laurie has always done a great job. Club Plex. um, Also Entertainment. Those type of people mm-hmm. were always throwing things that I could go to mm-hmm. and I enjoyed. Mm-hmm. So fast forward some years and I start during the pandemic. I listened to so much disco. Mm-hmm. I don't know what it was, <laughs> but not many days went by where I wasn't listening to Donna Summer, mm-hmm. where I wasn't listening to LaBelle. It's good where, feeling music. It makes you oh feel good. Oh my God. It, it makes you feel amazing. good. And it makes you want to get up. Yes, get up, move around, go outside. I was riding my bike. I tried to learn how to roller skate in the pandemic. Like, I was I just, just got new skates yesterday. I love it. I, I need to start practicing again. Um, but yeah, I was really into that. And that's the kind of frequency I was on. And then our favorite person, fellow Virgo queen, Beyonce drops Break My Soul. Okay. And then it was like, a like just beam of creativity just like struck me i was Mm. like we need a place where we can do this because i've already been on this frequency she dropped that at the perfect time so i call my uh friend nigel uh dj grapevine and he works with gang gang but then he also does a lot of stuff um on his own like the grapevine at cleo's bodega on first fridays all that good stuff and I call him and I'm just like, what you think of the new Beyonce album? And he's like, oh, my God, I love it. You know, so great. So then we start, you know, building and discussing that type of thing. Then our other friend, Ted Hardy, which Ted Hardy, a huge community guy. He's president of the board of Friends of Belmont Beach. Um, he started Lynn Project, Lynn Park Project. But then he also was into the club scene for a long time. He's been doing nightlife for like 10 years in the mm-hmm. city. So, um we all just got together. We're like, we want to do this thing. We just want to try something new. We want to try something different. And we all had different chunks of it that we could own. Yes. And we got together through our first party in October. And it's been a monthly dance party series ever since. So our house DJs are um, Just Little Town and Sounds by Kim. Uh, two extremely talented uh, people that have excellent musical taste. Uh, we have them. We had uh, DJ Boogie Bang came and did a guest set at our February party because I had to have a slow jam set in there. I was like, <laughs> it's February. We need a slow jam set. So he did that and did a fantastic job. So it's just, it's a dance party. It's fun. It's eclectic. We draw a very diverse crowd in terms of ethnicity, age, all that. We play um, heavily a lot of uh, house, funk, mm-hmm. soul, mm-hmm. disco. We do some old school hip hop, old school R&B in there too. Stuff that people can too. dance to. Yes, stuff that people can dance to. That is the rule, period. However they mix, they even play Kurt Franklin, which is my favorite part because I love praise music. Especially in the, it's something about praise music in the club. If it's blended right, they're just like, 
is it for me. So yeah, I experienced yeah. that when I was in Atlanta in mm-hmm. 1998, 97 yeah. actually when I graduated yeah. college. Did it throw you off the first yes. time? The first time it happened to me, I walked out because I was too churchy to enjoy it. I said, "This ain't for me." I yes, do I it. was on the dance floor <laughs> and they played Kirk Franklin. <laughs> and I was looking around and everyone was, it, it was shout. Everyone was singing shout and everyone was, yeah. And I was like, this is what they've been talking about. That's why mm. people don't want this. That's why people are anti Kirk Franklin. That's exactly y'all why. in the club. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. They were like, hold on. How is this? But for me, it, but once you get yes. over it, you're just like, you know what? Uh-huh. If it's for me, honestly, if it's, but I'm also one of those type of people that, and this is why, like, my civic life, my fun, my creative projects, all that stuff all just kind of blends in together. And I work with the same people in different buckets all the time is because, like, I'm just we're all just living our lives. And I was like, everything don't have to be so segmented. Now, some things you do have to compartmentalize just for, you know, organizational purposes. But I'm like, why can't like if. If you're a person that believes in God, right, like, why can't that also be a way that you express, like, your gratitude or your connection to the creator when you're out having a good time with your friends? Like, God gave you the friends. He gave us the gift of music and togetherness. Like, we're just celebrating it. But that's the way I think. Exactly. He did. (laughs) And he danced out of his clothes. We're wearing clothes. Like, everybody at our party has on clothes. So, but yeah, it's it's a Sunday night dance party. The uh, IG is Free People Party 317. The number's 317. Free People Party. Everything's spelled grammatically correct. Normal. Normal. It's spelled <laughs> the right way. Um, but yeah, so we have, um, yeah, we'll, we'll be doing it once a month on Sunday nights. Yeah. And what's the time? So the time is from 8 p.m. to 1 a.m., which was intentional. Ooh. On a month, on a Sunday? On a Sunday, because this is the thing. If you're a person that will come out, but you have some, you have to be in bed because like you have a babysitter, you got to be up early. You can come early and then you can leave. Mm-hmm. Or if you're still young or young at heart and you want a club all night, you can still stay till one and go home, sleep for a few hours. And if you got to be at work by nine, you might could be all right. You know, but then we also have people that leave and go to another club, which yes. is <laughs> I'm not going to judge because at one point in time, that was also my hey, life. You know, if you have the time and it works for you, Listen, it works for you. <laughs> for me, it was the 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 time in the Red Bull on top of it. Because oh, I'm like, oh, yeah, this is going to be a Red Bull day. Oh, goodness. <laughs> <laughs> so as I've already stated, you do a lot for this city. Uh-huh. And I'm guessing you would say everything you do is special and important to you. Mm-hmm. But there's one project in particular I want to focus on. Talk a little bit about the Belmont Beach Project. Can you explain the historical significance of Belmont Beach and why you wanted to be a part of that project? Yeah, so um, Belmont Beach was first started in the 1930s. So at that point in time, segregation was legal in Indianapolis, as you know, a lot of cities across the nation. So black people could not use public facilities freely and openly. And at that point, the only place that black people could go to swim was at Douglas Park on the east side. And the way the city was set up, like now we can just hop in our car and run somewhere right quick. And it's like, oh, it's just 15 minutes away. It's no big deal. Back then, it was a totally different situation because if you were on the west side of town, you very likely stayed on the west side of town for everything. Mm -hmm. You weren't doing a bunch of, you know, moving around like that. Mm -hmm. So on the west side... 
there was no place. But then what happened was there were a lot of black people that were getting plots of land around the waterways and making like these beaches and stuff because they could not use the city facilities. Okay. And there were other beaches that were started around that time. I owe a great debt to Dr. Paul Mullins of IUPUI for his research because yes. that's the reason why we know about these things right now. His name has come up before yes. in our podcast. <laughs> yeah, yeah, fantastic uh, human being. So, yeah, that's where Belmont Beach started and a black businessman by the name of Goosey Lee got the sand brought it down there to create this beach. They had an opening weekend and people swim in the White River. And you can go back to the recorder archives and see the pictures of them down there on that opening weekend. So there were a few issues. One, the water was not safe. Mm. Our rivers are still not as healthy as they possibly could be. There's a lot of work being done Mm -hmm. to improve them. So, you know, shout out to all of the entities involved in making that the case. But at that time, the water was really bad because of the industrialization Mm -hmm. that was happening along the river. Mm -hmm. So all those like meatpacking plants and other factories and stuff just polluting the water. But black people saw it, saw the beauty in it, turned it into something useful for themselves, Mm -hmm. as we do over and over and over again. Mm -hmm. Fast forward a whole lot of years, around 20... So this predates me, because I want to say around like 2017-ish, around those years, give or take, people on the west side were going over there and improving that area just on their own. Mm -hmm. So... Indie Convergence, want to give a huge shout out to them. Other neighbors on the west side, Coach Greg Harger, who works really deeply over there and that's on our board. Indie Convergence is on our board, too, for Belmont Beach. But people on the west side were already getting out there and improving the area and programming it and just doing stuff over there. Around 2019, those efforts got formalized with a grant from Lilly Endowment and support from Visit Indie. So they convened a group of people from the neighborhood, people that live in Harville, love Harville, and they got together to decide, like, we want to pilot a park over here to just see what mm-hmm. it would look like to have something here. Boom, pandemic hits. Ted Hardy, who I just mentioned earlier, who uh, is a friend of mine, we went to high school together, all that good stuff. He, uh, born and raised in Harville, just like me. And he reached out to me in 2021 and said, I'm working on this Belmont Beach thing. I really want to have you come on and help us with the outreach. And I'm like, sure, I'll come and help. That turned into a whole nother thing. (laughs) Me becoming volunteer executive director. Here we are today in 2023. Belmont Beach was only supposed to be a pilot project. It went so extremely well that more funding was poured into it to keep it up um, over the years. So we are going into our third season. 
uh, in spring 2023. Really excited. So our season runs from April to October. Okay. And we have like three programs a month down there. And the beach, I said all this and forgot to mention where it was located. It's located off of Belmont and White River. Okay. So it's behind Long's Bakery. And it's on that stretch of road that you would take. A lot of y'all drive extremely fast down this stretch of road along the river when you're headed toward like the VA hospital okay and you got that bridge right there so it's in it's in that little pocket right there and if you drive by really fast back in the day you wouldn't notice anything it was just it was overgrown with weeds and woods it was a dumping ground and then once people you know from the west side came in and started cleaning it up now it actually looks like something um, but it's a little plot of land down there. We also have the Havel Nature Trail, which is a nature trail that was carved out um, that you can walk and you can see some of the beautiful nature that's over there. Mm. When I tell you, I had no idea. We call it an urban oasis for Havel by Havel. I had no idea that you could go over to this little plot of woods and see red-throated hawks see bald eagles there are um fox dens over there some of the craziest looking beautiful birds you've ever seen in wow. your life they hang out over there and all types of animals beaver uh really? it's literally it is like a whole like natural alcove that is it's just crazy um, so since it started, some of the things that we've done out there, we've had movie nights, we do yoga and meditation mm-hmm. series, we have comedy shows, we have, we did a Havel Heritage Day, uh, Ben Rose, who was formerly on our board, um, he and Fabio Yevtako, Brittany Crone, and a lot of people got together to create the, um, Black and Brown Festival, so it was a Black and Hispanic Latinx festival that was held out there. Um, School 63, which is across the street, their students have actually studied the history. So they had the history from Dr. Paul Mullins. They had artists from Arts for Learning come in. Um, Gary G., who was a visual artist, and Manon Voice, excuse me, who who does spoken word, among many other things. They went and taught the kids art, can get a dance company, taught the kids choreography, but their subject matter was Belmont Beach. So they danced about the river and they created paintings and poetry about the river and wrote stories and all this stuff. So they come over and they do um, some of their classes and their learning at the beach. So it has turned into this really just incredible thing. And right now we're in our master planning process. So the goal is that Belmont Beach... Moselle Sanders Park that's across the street, which mo- people wouldn't even notice. There's a mm-hmm. sign there, but not much has been developed. But Moselle Sanders and the Havel Nature Trail would be a, a footprint that would help to be a beautiful asset over there in that community. So it's just been an amazing project. Um, we are excited about what the future holds. I'm very excited as a Hawville, you know, a child of Hawville, born and raised. I'm really excited about continuing that community pride in that way mm-hmm. by having us be involved. Because a lot of times when development is happening in an area, as we've seen in other communities across the city, the people get left out. Mm-hmm. They don't get to have mm-hmm. their voices included. They're shut out of the process. Things happen 
uh, around them, over them. And then next thing you know, they're priced out of their Mm -hmm. neighborhood that they grew up in, the neighborhood that they built. It's like Mm -hmm. you had to have a foundation for you to even come and place something cute and pretty there. So, you know, the fact that these people just get shunned and now they can't even be a part of their own community anymore is horrific. So one of our biggest goals is to make sure that everything that we do, that we have the intentionality of mind to be careful, to be thoughtful and to include the community in every step along the way. Well, that's awesome. Yeah, that is awesome. And it's so um, it's just so it's funny how one small idea can just blossom mm-hmm. something so major. And it's so, such a granular grassroots level type yep. thing. And yep. that's one of the things, uh, well, you you do that so well. Free People Party, Belmont Beach Project. But you also can go to the higher higher levels. The yeah, upper you got to have, uh, we're all onions. Well. <laughs> we're layers. We have layers and levels. Because you, you're, yeah. you're a part of this NBA All-Star marketing committee mm-hmm. um you know we've been waiting on this game yeah <laughs> for a few years now since it was originally planned for indianapolis for 2021 mm-hmm. but thanks to good old covid here mm-hmm. uh that's changed so much in the last few years so we had to cancel it um and i know i was excited for 2021 and then mm-hmm. got canceled but uh now we we're waiting on 2024 fingers crossed Oh, yeah. <laughs> Listen, fingers, toes. <laughs> so can you talk a little bit about the excitement of being a part of such a major event for the city? And are, is there anything that we can kind of expect that's going to happen? Yeah. So I am incredibly excited to be a part of the NBA All-Star Committee. Uh, this is a plug. If there's a theme, you know, in most of these stories and its relationships, it's all about relationships. It's so funny how everything works out because there was and now it's funny because on the committee, we say the OG committee and we say the committee that is assembled now. (laughs) So they had already assembled a local organizing committee Mm -hmm. for the 2021 game. I was not on that committee, but there were so many other people that weren't. And when things got shut down because of covid Now there is an opportunity to restructure what those committees look like. Mm -hmm. And one of the things that I am really excited about is the fact that Pacer Sports and Entertainment and the whole team over there was really thoughtful about bringing community voices to the table. Mm -hmm. So they have blown out this committee. There's a picture online with like a few hundred people in it that are a part of all these different versions of the committee. And that's not where it starts. That's not where it stops. One of the things I'm excited about is more opportunities for all of the community. Anybody who wants to volunteer, participate, help with this, help with that. Because it's going to be fun. Like, yes. you got basketball players and celebrities and you know how we did with and the Super Bowl. it's inside. It's not outside Listen, in the cold. It's like not outside Super in the cold. Was. Yeah, no. <laughs> Indoors. Um, there, uh, you know, when we, when we did Super Bowl, Indianapolis showed out. Yes. Indianapolis did an incredible job. I remember I just came as a visitor, as a voyeur. So I tried to do the zip line. The line was too long. So I didn't get to do that, but I just wandered around and looked at stuff and it was beautiful. That was proof positive that we have what it takes to do that and more. So this time around, I'm like, there's no telling what crazy amazing things are going to happen and it was freezing cold yes it was it freezing was cold then. cold cold then and people still came out yeah because that was part of the thing because indianapolis is cold there's not mm-hmm. a lot to do 
and and we figured it out. The city figured yeah. it out. Like people, everyone working figured it out. It was yeah. such fun. Mm-hmm. So yeah, my excitement for first of all, I love basketball. I'm not a big football fan. <laughs> um, and then it's inside, mm-hmm. <laughs> which is part mm-hmm. of the part of the reason why basketball is it's warm. Yes, it's warm. <laughs> you get to be toasty. That's how they get to wear all those cute clothes to the games and stuff. Yes. Uh, but yeah, so so some of the things that are going on. Um, there's going to be a lot more coming out in the weeks and okay. months as planning happens. So one of the things that um, I'm really excited about is Hoosier Historia, which is a project that is happening around the state because, you know, basketball was created somewhere. I want to say what Pennsylvania or whatever. I don't know, but doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Because it's, it's Indiana. It's Indiana. <laughs> Indiana perfected we took it over. the game. Yeah, we perfected that. So that is an Indiana thing. So owning the fact that we have that, that is a part of our DNA. Mm-hmm. So Hoosier Historia is an art project um, that is going to be going on that people can look forward to. There's also the legacy grants. So one of the things that I appreciate about the All-Star Game is the fact that of all the economic investment that's going to be happening, there's going to be reinvestment in our community. So there are 24 legacy grants okay. that have already been assigned to help grassroots organizations all over. Uh, one of the awardees is Aspire House, which I love. Um, that's another grassroots community organization on the West Side that does a lot of um, convening community members. They host this really cool community dinner um, that's just out in the open and they put out this long table and you get to eat dinner with your neighbors and get to know them and stuff like that. So um, there's so many cool things happening with that. And I'm just, I'm excited to see what happens. I'm excited to work with the people on our team. A lot of them I haven't met before. Some of them I do know. So I just think it's going to be a really fun time and I am ready for the world to have their eyes on Indianapolis and see just how fantastic our city really is. I'm ready. I'm ready. (laughs) Yeah. Well, is there anything else you want to add or say about your work for this city that you love so much? Well, first, I want to say thank you, Oshia, for a great conversation. I appreciate the opportunity to be here. And the only thing I guess I could add is, you know, if you, you know, to restate something from earlier, but if you desire to get involved or you desire to create something or see something, you know, I hear a lot of people complain about the things that don't exist here And so, you know, some of those complaints are very valid. What I would challenge people to do is to get with other people that care about the things that you care about and see what you guys can create together. That's the way most things that we've talked about today even came about is the fact that somebody and somebody else got together and were like, we want to do this Mm -hmm. thing. And then they committed to doing it. And yeah, that's that's how we uh, make our communities the places that we want them to be that we desire them to be is by working together so you are very you are so very correct well ebony thank you so much for being my guest on this episode of voices of the community thank you thank you next up on voices of the community city county council president vop osler